0: Really quick, at the top of the show, I just want to remind you that there were two episodes last week. One was released Thursday. It's an extra special bonus episode, and it's absolutely ridiculous. I had a lot of fun making it, and I hope you enjoy it. So please go check those out before you get
1: into this one or after. (laughs) (laughs) It is I, Abe from AI Synthesis. Baxter Kitty and I have hijacked this podcast. I have all the power... I can noodle on my roads or send you secret details, which I will do now. I want to tell you about the AI-08 Matrix Mixer, available at AISynthesis.com and other fine retailers. (laughs) Feed effects into themselves to create drones. Feed an LFO into itself, making it sound like a robot and now a future module modulating itself a matrix mixer facilitates all of these go to aisynthesis.com to learn more (laughs) Velocity is upon us. <laughs>
0: Throats make weird noises. Do you know that noise that just happened? I'm going to keep it in there only because I've had to edit out probably 737 of those things over the lifespan of the, uh, the podcast. Anyways, let me try this again. I'm trying to be dramatic. Velocity is upon us. Dang it. Well, so Velocity's coming up, and I want to share some stuff with you about that. Uh, If you have a ticket to Velocity, from now until October 6th, you can get 10% off of select items at Patchworks, our local synth shop. Did you hear that? If you have your Velocity ticket, you can get 10% off select items at Patchworks. So go check that out. so there's going to be trade show exhibits. Who's going to be there? Korg, Intelligil, Roland, WMD, 4MS, Mordax Systems, Arturia, and more. Uh, the show's schedule can be found at velocityseattle.com forward slash schedule. Some of the highlights. Uh, Divkid and Nan Annie are doing seminars. Abe from AI Synthesis is doing some workshops. There's going to be so many performers. Myriad performers or a myriad of performers. Apparently, you can say both. A PodMod live panel? That's gonna be fun. Um, who are some of these performers You've heard me talk about it for months But we've got R-Annie, we've got R-Annie R-Annie, well we have Ann-Annie And we have r Benny, <laughs> Which makes me think that there, there Has to be a super group So I'm putting the call out to you Bods. Start, start tagging r Benny And Ann-Annie, demanding that they Collaborate on an album and call The project R-Annie That has to happen (laughs) That has to happen And I want them to just get bombarded So please when you hear this, do that I won't let them know I won't do it before the release of the show But once you hear it, just like Let's everybody tag them And just be like, we demand And they'll just be like, where the hell did this come from? (laughs) Please, please do that Anyways And we have Banahefar And we have Basic And we have uh, Rika And we have Dark Sparkler Donald Crunk Trust Anchor Sunfall Animals at night. The the mastermind behind uh, the Podmod theme song that you hear every week, Greg Markle, also from Recovery Effects, he'll be performing. There's just so many people performing, and I can't wait to meet them and hang out with them, and meet you and hang out with you. Um, so yeah, let's let's do let's do it right. It's it's getting so close. I'm so excited. Have I told you about Needham Woodworks yet? I suggest you go to NeedhamWoodworks.com and check out these amazing handcrafted wooden Eurorat cases. Um, what size does he make? Well, that depends. What size do you want? No one is the same as the last. Beautiful, handcrafted. It's just they're they're the best. So please go to NeedhamWoodworks.com, N-E-E-D-H-A-M Woodworks.com or check it out on Instagram. I could I could just sit and scroll through his Instagram feed for a while because they're just such beautiful pictures. Maybe it's because I'm just waiting for mine to come in the mail. You know how crazy that's going to be to have a huge crate? I live on the, the second story too, so the UPS guy's going to probably hate me. Um, but yeah, that's going to be... I'm, I might need a crowbar to open this crate. I don't know. I'm just really excited. Oh man, this is like maybe... Maybe the beginning to uh, a modern-day creep show, which I haven't seen the new one yet, but I want to check it out. But like, so you've got this uh, this small-time podcast host sitting in his living room, talking. I can't wait to get this crate with this case in it, and then it shows up, and there's a monster or an alien or a ghost or something in that case. If you think that's a cool idea, I t- I say run with it, write it, and I'll read it. But that's as far as I'm gonna go with it. Anyways. The sabbatical is going pretty well I'm I'm having um, I'm having a lot of fun But I'm also I'm definitely taking it very seriously And, and working hard every day I'm getting a lot of good stuff done And uh, One thing I was worried about going into it I was kind of like Well I hope I hope this All this like uh, You know with the, with the day job I was always like Well you know I just don't have the The time or energy to do Everything that I want to do With the podcast And Part of me was like, I hope that's not me just like making excuses for why I don't like my job. And it's, it, it's not. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm actually able to do all this stuff. Not even all of it. It's still a lot. But I'm, I'm able to do so much more. And it's been so awesome. And my cat is attacking its cat feeder. Bella! Stop it! If you'd like to keep me going on this little sabbatical, you can go to patreon.com forward slash podularmodcast and help out there. Thank you to everybody who has helped out so far. At the time of this recording, I have seventy-four Patreon supporters. That's pretty great. That's 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 nothing to to shake a stick at, if that's a saying. Um, can we go a hundred by the end of October? That's my goal. Let's get a hundred Patreon subscribers by the end of October. The last two tracks that you've heard under my dulcet tones have been from our guest, Hank Yates, a.k.a. Mousy Magazine. This album is called Life of a Leaf, and it is uh, one of my favorite albums of the year, I would say. It's absolutely gorgeous, and if you know the story behind it, it makes the album that much better yet harder to listen to. And that's because it's it comes from uh, a very, very... Personal, personal place, and we're gonna get in into that uh story. I'm not gonna bury the lead here. But um yeah. Let's all thank Hank for uh being so open and uh sharing such a personal story. You might remember him from uh the uh the live in New Orleans episode. Um yeah, he was one of one of the guests there. And now this weird thing that you hear fading in is actually a track that I just released on uh Bandcamp at the podular modcast.bandcamp.com site um it's basically the best take that I did of that uh, quad performance that I was pre- 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 that that I was preparing for so I like to uh I like to record my live performances before I do them and then listen to them in headphones and kind of make notes of, okay, well, that part was going too long and, you know, make these adjustments. And sometimes you just lay down a take that you're like, that's the one. So uh, I really liked it. So I thought I'd release it and share it with you. Uh, The quad performance went pretty well. It was fun. Um, Performing in quad is strange, especially in a chapel where they have uh, four projectors all, you know, hitting every wall with these... uh, you know, videos of, of, of flying through space and then projectors on the ceiling of stars and stuff. It was pretty, it was pretty wacky. It was, well, wacky is not the word. It was awesome. It was super awesome. And I want to thank, uh, the guys from bleeps and loops for putting it on Michael and John. You remember them from a few episodes ago and, uh, all the, uh, all the great Seattle performers. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stop rambling now. Thanks for listening. Awesome. Well, we have Hank Yates back back to the show. You were on uh, in February, I believe it was, for the Live in New Orleans episode. Um, and I've been really excited to have you on for a couple of reasons. Because, one, um, meeting people because of the podcast has been the best part of the podcast. And going down to New Orleans and hanging out with, with all you guys and doing that live podcast at Disco Obscura was as a highlight of the trip and a highlight of the podcast, to be honest, and to get to hang out with you afterwards and everything. And then to just kind of stay in touch uh, via social media and everything afterwards has been really cool. And the second reason I've been really excited to have you on is you just finished and released this new album, which I'm absolutely floored by. Um, It's so good. So thank Mm, you for joining me. Hey, yeah, thank you very
2: much. Um, yeah, whenever you came into town into New Orleans, that was a really really cool experience um, for everyone here in New Orleans to like gather around and to get to meet you and get to talk to each other and you know just uh, having something to look forward to. So thank you so much for you know coming down and uh, and having us out. Like that was a that was a really cool experience. But it looks like you you might have done that a couple other times. Like I. I Went through and listened to, you know, a couple of episodes in your podcast. And there were a couple of episodes that I didn't listen to, like, previously. But it looked like there was maybe a modular on the spot or something uh-huh. you did. More live stuff.
0: Yeah. So, I did um, I did a live one at Patchworks with Eli from Mystic Circuits. Which was kind of like a demo for, for one of his, um, his modules called Portal. And so, I just kind of mm-hmm. uh, mediated that. And I think... I think that's about it i I really want to do more um that's kind of one of the dreams is to be able to to travel and and do the podcast and maybe do some live shows and have do exactly what we did in New Orleans really is just get some local performers, get all our synths out and talk to each other for a few minutes and then have a nice little jam like that that it that went exactly how I wanted it and i just I just want to do that again
2: yeah that that's like a great concept and can you please come back because that was (laughs) that was a lot of fun and i don't know and like i said it's just we have like a regular meetup so the the scene in new orleans is i don't know i'm i get envious a lot of times whenever i look around in like seattle austin los angeles and other places you know at the scenes that they have there and they're just so developed and you know here in new orleans it's just it's it's not it's not like that there just aren't as many people that are doing it. Um, And in fact, for the longest time, like, so I, after, you know, I lived in Seattle um, for three years and then, you know, I moved back to new Orleans and you know, I've been here, I think three years now at some point, but for a year and a half, two years, I legitimately believed that I was the only person doing modular in (laughs) new Orleans. I was just like, I guess just nobody else is doing it, which is totally false. There were lots of other people. I mean, I would say that there are dozens of us, right. but I don't think there is a dozen <laughs> of us, you know. And so uh, but, you know, that being said, um, you know, there there are people that here do this and they're really passionate about it and, you know, you coming in like help me connect with like with more people and, you know, and so there's I don't know, we have a we have a group of about three or four of us who are all you know, we're all kind of putting out uh, releases at the same time too. That's kind of one of the benefits of having a community right absolutely yeah you know we're all like yeah you know i was just like i'm gonna put out an album and somebody else was like oh i've already been working on an album and (laughs) And are you trading off
0: sorry to interrupt aren't Mm -hmm. you mastering or didn't you master john mccoy's release that he's just finished Uh, yeah and
2: i'm i'm working on that right now and it uh it's been really challenging uh it's it's also it's also so good you know it's and that kind of you know makes it a little bit easier to work on is to you know because i get to sit there and enjoy it but also you know i think that just when you're working when you're working on your own stuff it's so much different than whenever you're working on stuff for somebody else so i'm like taking that extra bit of time to like put that extra bit of like polish into it and so like over the weekend i totally i've rewired my studio three times while working <laughs> on his album like mostly like finding ground, you know, g- ground loop hums and, right. <clears throat> you know, because, you know, it's for somebody else. You want to do like such a good job on that. Yeah, so. that's something I've um, always hopefully... wanted to do.
0: Well, not mastering, but I'd, I'd like to mix somebody's like a track or something sometime. Oh. I think that could be a lot of fun.
2: Right. Right. And that's, you know, I know that, I don't know it, he just kind of like, was, was just, Hey, you want to do this? And I was just like, absolutely. I do. Because you know, for working on my own album, like I bought all this gear, I developed like all these skills like to, for, for mixing and to a lesser extent mastering. Um, and so I was just like, yeah, let me just, you know, kind of use this like for you, you know, because he, you know, he's very creative and his stuff is like really, really like, uh, I don't know, like experimental and kind of like, you know, like, like crazy and out there. And it's like, it's such a cool part of like, you know, to be a part of that and try to like, you know, make it is just any like better that I possibly can. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And it's a different, it's a different part of your creative brain. And I feel like it's, it's, it's not less, it wouldn't be less, uh, scrutinizing, but it's a different type of scrutinizing like there's a lot more you know self-deprecation when you're mixing your own stuff but i feel like mixing somebody (laughs) else's stuff would would exercise a part of my brain that would just ultimately probably make me even better at uh, mixing my own um because there's not as much of that i wouldn't imagine it's well i guess maybe there's more pressure i I guess it just depends on how you look at it and and your personality type but
2: yeah because that's you know it's with his, it's, you know, when I mix my own, I totally injected my own bias, like, right. and creativity of the mixing process to, like, but with his, I've been a little more conservative, but you do kind of have to, like, make those adjustments for, like, I'm going to insert, you know, make a creative decision here and, like, insert my bias. Yeah. You know, and kind of, like, you bring your own, like, personality to the mix, and, you know, if they don't like it, that's you, you that's okay. You can, like, you know, take it back out. You know, it's not like it's you know, set in stone or anything. They, they, they just don't like it. And then you figure that out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that might even be a good thing sometimes, because then it makes you, um, you know, try to find new techniques or new, new avenues of, of creative thinking or something. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I definitely yeah. want to try to do that sometime. I definitely don't have time to do that for anybody right now. But
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. did you did you mix your own?
0: Um, your own album. Yeah. So I mixed it and then had it mastered by Nathan Moody, which he mastered your album as well, right?
2: Yeah, he did. He, he taught me so much. So I, I reached out to him kind of early, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he was, so that was, you know, okay. So, and to back up a little bit, um, I, you know, and over my, the course of my career as a musician, you know, I was in bands in college and high school and in my twenties and things like that. And so, uh, you know, I've, Had a lot of different experiences with different mixing and mastering engineers and to be completely honest I have not liked all of them. Yeah, (laughs) and and just like, you know, I just and I think it's, you know Basically, you know, it's like how much money you paid versus like what you got back. You're like, you know Does that sound $500 better? Like Mm -hmm. No, I don't I don't think it sounds $500 better like and so I've always been disappointed Nathan was the the first person where I got something back, I'm like, that's, that's worth the money, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what he's doing. Like, like, (laughs) yeah. And so the other, but the other part that really sold it, because, you know, I talked to a couple of different mastering engineers is we must have exchanged like, you know, like 8,000 words or something like that (laughs) in emails, like before he even started mastering it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it went from like, you know basically like strategies for recording um and just different things to watch out for uh you know like phase correlation like is a you know was a huge thing for you know m- my genre of music and kind of what can cause problems down the line with him and so like he really helped me like kind of produce the best possible mixes so that way you know the better that you do with your mix the easier their job is but therefore it can be better right right, right. like
0: Yeah, you have a solid mix. That's really... You give a solid mix to Nathan Mm -hmm. Moody, and you're going to get yourself a really nice-sounding album.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, and so I also... So I wrote, like, this, like, Google Doc with, like, every song, like, what it meant in the story um, for the album. And, like, the... Like the actual like audio engineering like direction like I think this one should be a little bit muddier I think you know this one's a little too muddy it needs to be a little brighter mm-hmm. and you know and whenever I sent that you know to him his he was just like oh man like thank you so much like like I felt like he actually read it and totally. you know yeah. and he actually like responded to it which you know that's sometimes like I think with a lot of like mastering mixing engineers that work for it like they're in a hurry yeah. right like, the faster that they get yours out the door, the more the faster they move on to the next one. And, you know, that's kind of how that works. But, like, he actually took the time to, like, talk about, like, the creative process. Like, we exchanged movies, you know, <laughs> that, like, were, yeah. like, inspirational. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know. I really appreciated all of that. I had you know? a
1: similar but less,
0: uh, but just a little less ex- uh, experience with him because only because I didn't give him as much from my end because my album was way more simple in context or in concept um but every like kind of every like idea i gave him kind of um you know i i want i basically told him i want you to make it you know i would like it to sound like you're laying in a bed of clouds you know <laughs> that was kind of, and he's like you know mm-hmm. he appreciates that kind of direction because right you know you, we we as not well you're a, you're a you're a mastering engineer um but as somebody who's not i'm not going to say I'm not going to start telling them what kind of tools or anything because I don't Mm have, I don't have that language and I don't have the command of that, that knowledge. So the best thing I think you can do and what's so great about doing it with him is he's open to, those types of descriptions, you know, like a, Oh yeah. Like a visual, like, totally. oh, like a visual, you know, type thing or something. And uh, this totally sounds like we're do- doing a long form plug of obsidian sound, which I guess we kind of are, but uh this is a genuine. I'm un- fine with that. Yeah. This is a genuine unpaid plug. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it is, he is as good as everyone says he is.
2: Yeah. And so, and which, you know, there's kind of sometimes there is part of me that like wants to keep that, you know, like a secret, right? Like it's just like no, he's really, really good because like now his availability will go like you know, like people keep going to him and it's just like, Oh great, he's you know, running a six month queue, which that would be good for him, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, we want that for him, but as long as it doesn't interfere yeah. with our albums being mastered. So make right so Nathan, if you're <laughs> listening, just you know, keep keep room for Hank and I and, and, and... Yeah. <laughs> so um when we were out there when when we were uh when I was out there and we were talking, I think you, you kind of, you're kind of outlining the, the idea you had for this album or talking about kind of, and I, the idea that eventually became this album. So I, uh, I advise the listener to uh, go listen to that episode if you haven't. Um, but I definitely want to get into talking about your album and I never do this, <clears throat> but I feel like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's appropriate to set this up. So you can do it if you want or I can do it, but I kind of want just to read um, the the album description from your band camp.
2: Oh, oh go for it. I actually – it you might be better than you read it. <laughs> it.
0: Okay. Well, I have it pulled up here, and it says – okay, so when I use the first person, I'm actually going to be Hank for a second. Um, it says, I've had a story in my head for years. When my mother died, I decided to write it down as a way to ex- expend the energy of my grief. Grief. Uh, Once the story was written, I had the idea to score it, and thus this album was born. This is a story about a traveler, their last moments alive, and finding what's most important to them during their last moments of life, their family. And at its opening, our traveler is determined, practical, and measured intent on survival. When they come to realize that this is not possible, our traveler comes to accept the inevitability of death and desires to make the time that remains meaningful in their last moments and beyond. They are reuni- reunited with memories of their family. Life of a leaf is dedicated to my mother because making it has given me the opportunity to understand what it means for her to be gone. This is her requiem. That's so beautifully written and so heavy and beautiful and, yeah. and sad. But it, re- when I read that, I was, I was like, I have to listen to this album right now. And then I did in its entirety. Like I laid there in bed. I was going to listen to it on my little morning walk. Um, but I, I couldn't wait because of that that description. And I just laid there and listened to it. And, and it's, it was, I think I'm going to remember that experience of just laying there and listening to it, having that context. So I think having that context. Yeah.
2: That's like the highest compliment (laughs) I think I could, like I could ever get. And like, but uh, credit, absolutely where credit's due. Um, and so I I released the album on the one-year anniversary of my mother's death. And, you know, I and so I kind of like wrote this, um, you know, post kind of like commemorating it. And one of the things that I said is that, you know, anytime that, you know, if you know me and anytime you've thought that I was a good person or I was kind, then that's my mother like, that's not, that's not me. That's something that my mother imparted on me. And that is inside of me that you're just seeing. And so to the same effect, anytime, like you see any writing that is just, you're just like, wow, that is so well-written. That's my wife. She is an incredible, incredible writer. And, you know, basically I just, it looks like you know, it, it's 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 basically like like third grade level writing when I write it, uh-huh. <laughs> and then my wife like comes in and just like makes it turns it into poetry. I have no idea how she does it. She is she is truly talented because yeah, it 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 did not read like that like the first time. Like I think I well, fumbled over that's, my words. That's like, awesome. Much more.
0: And I I I mean I'm I'm sure she'll listen to this, but uh, tell her that I think that that. uh, just that piece of that that piece of writing is, um, I think it's it's almost I would say it's essential to the listen of the album and and, and that that I don't think that's the case with most albums, um, and mm-hmm. I think having context, especially with something as heavy as this, and then as as stirring and emotional and sometimes like pretty intensely almost like dark and scary this your album, really mm-hmm. <laughs> it, you can go on that journey that was intended. And um, yeah, I have. just, so, there's just a few little parts that I want to talk about and I'll just, I'll just mention them right now since I'm thinking of it, but um, sure. The, the second track, um, sorry, I'm so bad with titles. Uh, I should have been prepared on this one. I should, God, take, no, I should uh, know the title, right? Dude, I don't even know the title for my album. Um, Sur- survive, so, survive. Yeah, survive, So at around like five and a half minutes this mm-hmm. this really repetitive like four to six note uh melody comes in and just starts repeating and it sounds like it's on like a space broken like a broken space roads or something the tone that mm-hmm. you got for that piece and that melody together are like just that's I don't know what to say other than like great job. It's so good. Oh, thank you. Um, And then the other part, which I I actually emailed you about it's um, it's the second Mm -hmm. to last song at the very end. I didn't know if my, um, so the song's called grotto. And at the end of it, it starts cutting in and out. And I wasn't sure if that Mm -hmm. was like my Bluetooth headphones dying, but I was like, this sounds very intentional. (laughs) I was
2: worried about that. Well,
0: so I I waited it out. I was like, I'm going to wait this out because I'm almost positive that this is intentional and I'm almost positive that this is his representation of somebody's last moments of life. And, Mm -hmm. and so I emailed you and you said, yep, that's exactly what that was. And I'm not taking the credit because I You know, I, I picked that up. It's you, you so perfectly conveyed that, that it's the, with, with the context of knowing what the album is, there's, you did such a good job of conveying that. It's just like, ah, really, really fucking heavy, man. Yeah, yeah, thank you so well and yeah, because
2: that could be a little bit like hard to listen to. And I've actually tricked myself like I've thought like oh shoot the ca- oh, so, oh no, it's that part. Like I <laughs> like whenever I was like mixing and mastering it, like I was just like oh there's a there's a buzz. Oh wait, no, that's actually the you know, uh intentional. Um yeah, thank you so much for like like yeah, so the sounds you know, I so I think I know the the sound that you're talking about and that particular part even threw me off sometimes. And so that was the uh the Dave Smith instruments like Prophet O eight, going okay. through guitar gear. I ran my stuff through a lot of guitar gear for um this album and you know, which uh, you know, as Nathan told me, it which made it kind of narrow, right? Like very mid rangey, which is mm-hmm. I like that. I like totally went with that um aesthetic. And so and that one was particular because I played guitar also like a various points like within the album okay but you know for that sound i was like i i couldn't believe how much like a guitar like the you know the roads sound uh, not the roads the the Prophet sounded because i think i was using like a Rhodes like patch with the uh-huh. Prophet and then just putting it through um you know uh i think a vox ac4 um, yeah. guitar amplifier so yeah you, and you, so you, you, which kind of
0: sorry go ahead mm-hmm. <clears throat> no go ahead i was just gonna say you 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 i've my hardest like i I feel like i'm pretty decent at mixing my hardest the hardest area for me to get right is mids i i have i Mm -hmm. I often find myself scooping mids um and sometimes even when i'm listening to other people's albums i'm kind of like oh those mids are too harsh so i think i'm i'm sensitive to them but i will Mm -hmm. also say that when they're done right it it might be kind of the most uh appealing frequency range if if you could have like a, oh yeah a favorite frequency range um so yeah that's i think that's one of the reasons i really dug that because yeah it does sound kind of guitar it sounds dirty but it's also like totally beautiful and that's yeah that's some that's some tough stuff to, to get done
2: yeah the in so in the mid-range is you know it's very crowded in the mid-range yeah. and i think that you know what i what i kind of found is it, i feel like and this is just totally anecdotal. I have no idea if this is true or not. But that <laughs> I I just use, a, you know, most of the times when you're listening to, like, any point in the album, I think at most, except for one track, there's maybe two voices, you know, the whole time. And so mm-hmm. my my kind of strategy with it was instead of having many voices to fill out the frequency spectrum um i just had one or two voices that were very complex um to fill and to fill out the frequency spectrum and that kind of came from the modular actually so if it wasn't a voice it very much like kind of like added the complexity you know and tone to other voices, you know, whether it yeah. was like okay. the prophet or the guitar. And so to kind of like fill it out a little bit better, because I think one of the things that happens specifically in the mid range is, you know, there are a lot of like, like the guitar and, you know, where, depending on where you're playing at the keyboard or whatever, they kind of naturally fall in there. And, you know, it can get very muddy very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so that was how I attacked that problem is just like, okay, you know, it was not also nice because it made the, the mixing a little bit. It made it simpler in one way, but also like uh, more difficult in another way mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I ended up having a lot of stereo tracks. And so, you know, with traditional mixing, it's you actually have I feel like you have more mono uh, sources and, you know, you're panning them around and creating you know, like a stereo mix like that. Whereas this one was you're combining stereo mixes. And so a lot of the skills that like I ended up having to pick up and which is why like Nathan was a gold mine of information ended up being more like mastering tricks. You know, that's where like phase correlation okay. uh, came into the picture and, and stuff like that. So, um,
0: well,
3: it's kind of, yeah, a, I don't know.
0: I, I like a perfect example of, uh, of less is more, you know, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's, that's been as, as a, As a producer, I think one of the things that I, that I'm reasonably good at is doing a a good mix of a lot of tracks and something that I've always Mm -hmm. wanted to do. And, and even try, you know, try, try to like purposely do is make exactly what you said tracks with few voices and I, at the end of, you know, the track, I'm still like, okay, well, I just got, I'm up to 12 already, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so hard for me to, like, I just keep wanting to add, but it's something that I think is really, really important for somebody who's just learning how to compose, not even just on modular, but to compose and then mm-hmm. mix their mix and arrange their own tracks is some, you know, just, just try to keep in mind that space is so important and, and yeah, and how emotional and, and impactful a track can be um so yeah that's that's some good advice yeah, especially if you're I'll, I'll, every, yeah, everything. You it, especially if you <laughs> um
2: if you start off like it's a lot easier to add than it is to take away in a lot of Absolutely. ways and so it's like you know so like a lot of times i would keep the low end specifically very not there and, and whenever you're creating you know it's very natural to be like Oh, there's no low end like let me just let me throw something another voice in real quick to fill it out. And it's like or you know whenever a change comes you know and like the part changes, you bring in the voice then right, and that's gonna give that part like more of an impact that's um really and I use that trick <laughs> all the time like that shows up in so many different places um and you know that was basically like whenever I was just like, okay, I really want an emotional impact I want you know, the person to feel whatever this is that, you know, I'm trying to convey in the particular moment, like that's whenever I'm like, okay, I'll bring in the bass, like then, Uh you know, being very selective, uh, I think of when like, you know, like the 80 to 180 frequency range, you know, comes into the picture.
0: Okay. Now, so I want to kind of steer into, so we're talking about the technical side of how the album was made. And I think everything you just mm-hmm. gave us right there are is some, serious, serious uh, pay dirt. Um, and I know that a lot of the listeners like eat that stuff up. So Mm -hmm. uh, you have, you have, you just made a lot of people happy and a lot of people are going to be trying some new stuff, I think after they listen to this. So that's really cool. Um, but you, you shared some, we've, we've chatted a little bit here and there, leading up to this and you've, you've shared some stories about, you know, the creation of the album and you've been very transparent about, um, you know, the, what, what the album is and why you made it. I'd kind of like to hear kind of, I don't know how, just tell, tell the story of like the emotional mm-hmm. and the life impacting and, 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 uh, you know, basically influencing the artistic expression of the thing. Does that make sense? I don't know if I sure. said that
2: very well. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it totally makes sense. I mean, how long do you have? How long, <laughs> how long is the, you're, you're. <laughs> like, Um, well, it, okay. So, uh, to go back, you know, uh, basically, like, uh, I, I can't remember, but many years ago, I kind of had this, like, loose, like, idea for a plan, plan or not a plan, but a story, like a like a rough plot of, uh, you know, a space traveler that, like, crash lands on a planet. And then they, you know, they find something that's that's not supposed to be there. Um, and uh, so anyways, and I kind of, you know, had this in my head for like years and and. Um, and so when, when mom died, like the, it was really difficult for so many different reasons. But, um, sometimes, you know, when, when, somebody dies, you spend a lot of time with your family and not only is family, you know, can be difficult, but it's everybody's stretch completely thin. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of found that I needed, I needed to leave the house and, and kind of go and be by myself like every now and then. And so, um, I don't, I don't really drink, but I, I would go to the bar and basically order water mm-hmm. and just sit down and I bought a notebook and I would just like sit there at the bar and just, you know, or, and just, you know, tip the bartender for every water. And I just started <laughs> like writing down this story, you know, because you know i didn't want to be on my computer or i didn't want to be you know connected in any way. I just really wanted to be you know by myself with my thoughts and i didn't necessarily want to like you know kind of rehash like everything that was going on so it was this kind of meditative thing where you know I was just like, okay, like the story's like finally like coming out, and that that was you know kind of one level of like of therapy for me for for what was going on and so you know. I think when you know if anyone ever asked like like what if you could do anything what would you do and I would I would be a, a film score composer i wanted Same to be here. a film score composer <laughs> yeah <You too. laughs> like it is that is just a dream job for me And and I've been that way since like I was I was very young you know like 12 or 13 years old mm-hmm. and so you know and but you know I think actually realistically being a, you know a film composer is is actually like very very difficult like you know because a lot of people want to do it it's very attractive um, and so my my compromise with that is just like well I'm going to do it you know for myself like right I'm going to to just score things that 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 I think are inter- that I find interesting right and so for a long time you know like I flew drones and like I would basically like you know kind of match music to like flight footage like interesting looking flight footage but Whenever like I wrote this story down, I was like, I'm gonna score this. Like that's that's like the next step in this whole process. And the realization that came out of that was that one of the things that I think as an artist that I struggle with for such a long time was uh what like what am i trying to say or what like i had i felt like i like i had a voice right mm-hmm. like i knew how to like play the guitar where i felt like in a language that like people understood stood you know where it's just like oh this is sad this is happy this is introspective but i think that i for the longest time i struggled with like what is it do i want to say and i think that you know for the longest time there are like so many you know you listen to like the great artists, right like you know you listen to like the Beatles or you know, or something like that. And they just had these like wonderful things to say that like everybody could relate to. And for me, um, you know, and I always brought it back to like Rage Against the Machine because like they what they were saying was like so much more like obvious and like, you know, it takes a lot of like courage to say what they say. And it's just like, but what is it that I wanna say? Like I don't want to say the same thing that like, you know, the Beatles or Rage Against the Machine like say. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, you know, I would like make stuff up, right? Like, oh, you know, like, let's make it about like politics or something like that. And that, that never worked for me. But I realized that I want, I, you don't have to say anything like so like poignant, right? Like, or, or anything that's like, uh, like popular. And I was just like, okay, so, you know, as I was like digging deeper, I was like, what is most important to me? What do I love the most? And, you know, if like and I realized it was my family, Mm -hmm. like it like it was that I love my family that, uh, you know, I'm worried about my dad dying right now. Like you can say those things. in in music, you know, and um, once once I kind of was just like, okay, like now that I've kind of like figured out like what it is that I want to say, you know, I was like. And, you know, and I had this story. It was just like, I want to say, like, I love mom, Uh Uh, you know, I, and, and I miss her and that, um, it just, it was easy, you know, after that, like I was like, and it's, and it's one of those things like the, the story wasn't like, you know, the story was like already written and like, and I realized that the, what I, and I didn't know this while it was happening. And so. As soon as I was just like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to score the story. And, you know, it's like loosely, you know, I don't know, you know, the character like dies at the very end. And so and my mom just died. So I don't know how all that's going to tie in. And so what happened was is I was like, okay, uh, I broke up the story into like seven distinct sections. And I was like, okay, um, let me do one song a month. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know, here's what happens in the story. You know I' sit down and start writing that song, and so, um my process like changed like from song to song, you know, and then I didn't realize this at the time, but you know once I kind of got to an end, like listening to uh the entire like body of it like i I heard everything that I was going through, you know while I was through, like you know, the the kind of business end of of grieving for my mother, you know, mm-hmm. and which was like a really like interesting, like I was just oh wow, and you, because like you don't realize it's like writing in a journal and going back and like reading through it, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that was one piece of it, <clears throat> and I think that uh, I, I I don't know, like uh, th- that was specifically around like the the actual like tactical creative like sides like as a body as a whole you know i think that that's kind of what i felt whenever i got to the end of it i was just like okay this like represents you know a person coming to terms with death you know and not only the 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 death of themselves but like the death of you know those that are around them because you know part of the story is is they they basically find you know they they find this like cathedral like underneath a mountain, um, on a, like a planet, you know, and they have no idea where they're at. Like they just, they crash landed on this planet or whatever. They, you know, they, they travel, they find this like interesting looking doorway that there's no way that it's natural. It's definitely, you know, it was built. Right. And mm-hmm. they they walk inside of it. And then in the cathedral, there are all these like lights that come out of nowhere and like, and the lights actually represent like, like all of, um, like the souls or spirits of, of like, you know, the entire, like human existence and, you know, and so, and part of the backstory of that is, is that the reason why like they crash land is they were actually out, like trying to like save like humanity in some way of like, you know, like finding planets. And then, you know, while they were out, like, you know, basically back home died.
1: This is so so...
0: crazy. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and so, and they, and a big part of that is with all the lights that come out, like, you know, that come out, basically their family comes out like as like a little set of lights and they know that's exactly who they are. And then they, you know, I say they know it's like the, the character, the space traveler knows that their family is dead. Right. And Mm -hmm. that they're, that that's it. That's, it's just, you know, it's just them like right there. And like, um, and the character's running out of oxygen and then, you know, they basically go into this grotto and, and die. And then, you know, and then at that point, you know, you don't know what happens like after you die, Mm -hmm. but since it's my story and I got to decide, like (laughs) they were reunited (laughs) with their family, Mm -hmm. you know, at
0: that point, because that's what I want. You know, I I think whenever I die, right. And I could just, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, because when I was, so we're talking about that song that's cutting out Grotto and that's when they're, when, Mm -hmm. when they die. And that's, you know, basically what I was thinking is just like your consciousness flashing in and out until it's gone. And I was like, oh Mm -hmm. wow, that was a beautiful way to end the album. However, that's not where the album ends. There is one more track. Mm -hmm. And then as I'm listening to it, I, I just heard like what sounded like recordings of just you know, like a a birthday party or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you, so you, what I tell me what that's all about. I mean, I know, but let's tell the listener what that's all about. Because I think that, that kind of is it. So now I guess you just gave me more context for that. So that is kind of like Mm -hmm. the afterlife portion of the, of the album. That's so so cool.
2: (laughs) Right. And so, and I was like, okay, so it's, you know, they're reunited with the memories, like with their family. And, and so I I kind of, you know, there were some other like very kind of more mundane, like creative decisions that were made along the way where, you know, there was no human voice. Like there was, there, everything was kind of, um, you know, very like instrument related and like because there's no singing or anything like that. So I, mm-hmm. I felt like there was a little bit of a dehumanizing, like, like kind of feel to the entire album because there were you no know, voices in it. And so I, you know, that was just like, oh, but if you bring in voices like at the very end of the album on the last song or whatever, that... Like it changes the way it sounds right and and you're bringing in this new thing And so I was just like and then realizing that with the memories I was just like and where can I get You know memories or where can I get voices? And it's all my home videos and all my home VHS tapes (laughs) And so like so I made a trip specifically to home like specifically home, you know And just grab like a whole pile of them and I you know, and I bring them back to New Orleans and I don't have like a VHS player And so I was like, okay. And so I run to the Goodwill and, and, and go and grab like a VHS player and come back home. It doesn't work. I'm like, okay, well, and so, and this is like, you know, taking like several days at a time and I'm trying to, you know, get through the whole process. And I just, I'll never forget my wife was like, Hey, you know, what are you up to tonight? And like, I have like a VCR under my arm and I was just like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm working on my album. And then Like, you know, I hop out and I go to Goodwill and, you know, another VCR had come in stock, you know, in the time that I was gone. So it's like, okay, And so they told me I could trade him out. You know, but go get the new one. And so, like, I'm I'm standing there in line, and there's like just, just this ridiculously long line for whatever reason at Goodwill. Mm-hmm. And I have a V like, and the VCRs are kind of heavy too. I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know VCRs like could get that big. Like, I remember <laughs> them being much smaller. Uh-huh. And you know, I have a VCR under each arm, and I you know, and as I'm sitting in line. I can't you know be on my phone or anything because like I'm holding the VCRs. And you know, I had this like moment where I realized that like this is what like working on the album this is what like you know being creative like looks like for me is like standing in line at the goodwill with a v- vcr under each arm <laughs> and i i just started beaming and smiling and i had to have looked like a crazy person just with a vcr <laughs> under each arm and just in a great mood could not you know be smiling like any like bigger. And then, and then I get home with the new VCR and it's broken too. So I have to, (laughs) and so I have to, uh, um, to, I get on Craigslist actually, and I find somebody and and then I have to go to to Kenner, which is like this, this strange place in in New Orleans. Like, and and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it more in like a, you you know how there's Florida man where like, it seems like Florida man is always like getting into like trouble or whatever. So we, we have like the equivalent Kenner man, okay. right? Like it always <laughs> seems like whenever an interesting or strange news story comes out or whatever, it's always, um, you know, somebody from Kenner that <laughs> that got involved. And so, um, and I'm going on buying this VCR, you know, from this kind of like awkward look, you know, place. And, you know, and the guy came out with the VCR and, you know, it was like $15 and he's just like, ah, I'll just take 10 for it. And like, he had all the manuals and he's like, it's in great working condition. And, and in my mind, I'm just like, Oh, I'm, I believe you. Like, I, like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, it was just the strangest, like, where I was just like, is there really this much of a, like, like a market for VCRs still? <laughs> like, I, I, you know, where uh, I, I don't know, like the, the, like, it was like in pristine condition and still had the manuals, uh, like, and things like that or whatever. And it was just, I don't know, it was a very like odd experience to me and I went home and that one worked. And so, and I don't have a TV that hooks up to it at all. So I just basically like pulled the video off of you know all the VHS tapes um and then had to painstakingly I say painstakingly like uh but it's it's hard to listen to that I bet I was gonna ask what that
0: was that experience was like because you know you not not only did you have like to listen to it when you recorded it for that piece of the song I imagine you had to comb over hours and hours of that stuff to find the pieces that you wanted and, imagine and that, that was, was heavy. <laughs>
2: that took forever. Yeah, no, that took, that took a very long time because, you know, I would, I would, I, I could almost like place markers in it, like where I started crying.
0: Right. Because
2: yeah. it was like, there was one where it was uh, my brother was just like kicking a soccer ball around and, you know, and, you know, you can't see anything, you, you know, you can only, I was only like listening to it and my mom and it's it's it was just her and him, and they were they were spending time together and you know and you you kind of i don't you don't you have this context list, you know, but it just looks like you know mom was just like so proud of her son, you know, mm-hmm. she just took out the video recorder, which was like this big kind of honking thing right. right it was like you know like you know like it was in like the the eighties or the nineties when I grew up, and you know, and she was just and all she wanted to do was just take video you know of her son like just kicking a ball up against the wall and she was just sitting there like shouting encouragement to him. That's so awesome. You know, the whole time he was doing it and, and, and it just was like this just wonderful representation of just who she was, you know, of just, you know, like, Oh, great job. Oh, like good. Oh, look at him, look at him run, you know? (laughs) And, and it's just them. It's just those two, you know? And that was how they were like spending time together and that, oh Yeah. That one that, you know, and that was it. I had to take a break for a couple of days. Like I imagine.
0: After. Yeah. Now, s- something that I just kind of thought of, um, and I can't believe I, I hadn't thought of this first, but, or um, before, after listening to it, but how, I mean, how much, how much uh, obviously making it was, was a grieving process and a healing process.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just wondering how, like, on the day of the release like once it was totally finished and released was that what was that was there a, a is that a distinct feeling there too or was it just kind of part of the whole thing
2: uh by the time like actually that um that's still a little fresh because you know that was only uh at this point you know was only a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and i released it on the one year anniversary of, of my mom's death and what I didn't mean to have happen is, a, is like, so I released his album, you know, and, you know, I made a post about it. And I was just like, I was just like, oh, shit, I'm I'm making my mom's like an- the anniversary of her death about me. Right. Like, it was like, here's the thing that I made. And I felt really, really guilty about that. And so I kind of, you know, uh, like immediately kind of like, I don't know, like I didn't like take down the post, but I tried to make like another post to, like that was more uh, like about her and mm-hmm. who she was. You know, because, like, I didn't want, you know, people to think that, like, I was, like, you know, like peddling my art or, you know, or like there the fact.
0: Like a... I mean, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I think the fact mm-hmm. that, that you thought and felt that way is way more of a testament to your your just good moral fiber than it is to your vanity. I think it's I mean, I think it's 100 percent OK to make something like that a little about you because it's your experience and it's your mom, you know, like I think, um, yeah. I'm, I'm just picturing my wife listening to what you just said and, and basically saying exactly what I just did. She lost her mother, um, just a year before, mm-hmm. uh, we met actually. And it was, you know, it was, it was over mm-hmm. many years and she was, she was with her the whole time and, it, and she's still, she's still grieving it. And it's, mm-hmm. it, and it's been, you know, I've been actually, uh, in a few days is our four year uh, anniversary and our one year wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that the whole time I've been with her, she's made progress in how she's handling the mm-hmm. grief, but the grief hasn't gone away. And she's, you know, she's realizing that it's just not going to. And, yep. um, but I don't know if my, my wife's really good at spinning things in a positive light and everything. So she's been, it's mm-hmm. been, yeah. So she, I, I've kind of been thinking about her as you're talking about this stuff. And I'm also been thinking about, to make it about me <laughs> for a second. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, now I'm doing mm-hmm. that, but no, no, no,
2: please. I, I love hearing. I love hearing other people's stories. You know, well, I
0: think what, what has affected me or what's kind of drawn me into it is one, just having the person that I'm closest with in the whole entire world go through something like this and, uh, and then to, you know, be here with her through that, not through it, but in the aftermath of it, it's, uh, It's a power, it's very powerful and it can be sad and it can be, you know, uplifting and, but also something that has been a huge source of fuel for my neurotic side is worrying about my parents' death. And it's weird because, you know, part of it's like, of course, I don't want them to die because they're my parents, but. Mm -hmm. My, my relationship with my parents, while it's, it's better than it's been in a long time right now. And I'd say, you know, we obviously love each other and spend each, spend time with each other. And it, it's been strained for sure. It's been, it's, it's had ups and downs and we've had, we've had weird moments. And part of that anxiety that I get about their death is it's like, I am, I am anticipating future guilt for not making it all okay before they died or something. Mm-hmm. So, so when I listen to this stuff, it's kind of like, it's a nice reminder to be like, well, you don't have to worry about future guilt, you know. They're still here. Maybe you should try and, right, you know. So I, I just that just got really personal and and maybe a little, a little dark there. But it, you know, it, it, no. it made me kind of wonder about yeah, just like how different people process stuff like this. And it also makes me think it just it like I said, it's a reminder because my my wife says you know like you don't know what it's like 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 -hmm. it's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and when it does there's gonna be a lot of things that you wish you would have done so let's go to your parents house this weekend you know something like that
2: yeah yeah (laughs) she's she's a wise woman yeah (laughs) Uh, oh man there and there are so many things to unpack there i feel like i'm just like so uh like one thing that that you know if your wife's not here but you know please like relay this message is you, you know I so I didn't get my my mom died of a heart attack very suddenly I just, it was a phone call and then she was gone oh my like, god and and so it, and it sounds like your wife got to spend some time with her mother before she passed away mm-hmm. and I you know one of the things that I continually that get angry about and I have to you know it's it's an emotion that I have to check on a regular basis is that I didn't get that, you know, I didn't get to say goodbye. And so anyone that gets the opportunity to say goodbye, you know, cherish that. Like, yeah, because not everybody
0: gets it, you know? I, yeah, Um, I I think God, what I'd give for that. Right. I think, I think she would, I think she would agree with you there, but I'm also hearing her voice talk, through me that to say that's a, mm-hmm. it's a double edged sword for, for, you know, for sure. There's no real great yeah, way because suffer. when it's stretched out over years and years, it can, it's, it's yeah. really, it's emotionally taxing for everybody, including the person who's going through it. And yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I'm not, Which, and that's I was trying I've to like right? negative you or anything. But
2: no, no, no. Know. That's yeah. I mean, that's that. I mean, it speaks to both experiences exactly. you know and how everything's, how everything's different, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so, and that's, and that's, and that's why I love, you know, so, because after, you know, I, I released my album, uh, somebody like commented on Instagram, you know, about their loss and I just loved it. You know, I just, if that's, that's like, that's what I had to say, right. Is like, I love my family and I miss my mom. And there are so many people out there that, like loss is actually even though it's like this like intimately personal thing that happens to you like loss is something that's very common like people die all the time mm-hmm. and you know and it's in it's very much a part of life and so and to that you know one of the things that that you know I because uh like Uh, you know in the way my family dynamics are is you know my dad I've been worried about my dad for a very long time and then out of nowhere my mom died Mm -hmm. and so now I'm even more worried about my dad you know passing away and I really had to. that was something that like okay I got to get a handle on this and so like I I bought a I bought a book and so I was really particularly interested in what like Buddhists seem to like they have a lot to say about death it seems like something that they've written about a lot and so Mm -hmm. Um, the Dalai Lama actually wrote a book called advice on dying. And I was just like, perfect. Like, let's read that book. And, and it's interesting because I think that, you know, like I haven't read it completely, but I'm maybe about, you know, uh, a third of the way through. And it seems like the, the main point that they drive home is that, you know, when you think about death, you know, it, it is inevitable. It is, a, it is going to happen. And that instead of, because it's going to happen, you it it, you should use that to appreciate the now like use it as like a Mm -hmm. meditation you know and so i've taken that because you know one of the things that happened is after mom died me and my dad got into a huge fight i didn't talk to him for like a month right And then like I read this book and I was just like, I've got to let that go. Yeah. You know, I've got to, I've got to go and I've got to talk to dad and we're not going to talk about that topic that, that comes up that we argue about or whatever. But I was just like, you know, I, I was just like moving forward. Like, let's, let's, let's go to a baseball game. Let's go do, you know, let's, let's focus on the now and just do whatever we can to be. And that includes the bad, right? Like, like me and dad get into bad moods and we like snap at each other, but like, I have come to actually like appreciate that because that's part of like the human experience, right? Is like mm-hmm. you it can't be good all the time, right? Yeah. And that, you know, even the negative parts of like mine and my dad's relationship is still very much like it's that's that's really important, right? Like the even the the way that we argue or the like the arguments that we have, right? Yeah. Like I've learned to like cherish those as well and um because it's like they're so important, You're right? And so it's all grist I, I don't know, for the mill, as they say. You know, it's
0: it's all, right. It's all part of the thing, and you know, I you know the the classic saying: if you if you if you, you can't have peaks without valleys, um, mm-hmm. and so so happiness is defined by sadness. I mean, ultimately, and that's that's kind of like yeah. the big oh, yeah. like heavy Buddhist uh, stuff. And I, I would, I'd, if you, if you want some further reading that I think goes, mm-hmm. uh, goes a little deeper and it's a little, um, it's is going to sound kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of, um, cheesy, stereotypical, but, uh, the Tibetan book of the dead and, and particularly one with a, mm, a foreword right. by a guy named Robert Thurman. He's actually Uma Thurman. Okay. Dad, um, but he's he's actually close friends with the Do- Dalai Lama, and his his like forty page introduction on that really like sets you up for, f- to read it. And so like again, not only my parents' death, but my own death has been something that. It's just been a, an underlying just basal hum of anxiety since, you know, since I did mushrooms when I was 18 years old. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, like I've, mm-hmm. I've definitely dove, in, uh, dove deep into the Tibetan side of it because I, I really like it just it's, it's a way to mm-hmm. wrap my head around the concept of it. And also, I think on that topic and, and again, bringing it back to my wife and then mm-hmm. in context with you releasing your album and, and talking about it, something that really bothers her. And she thinks uh, is is kind of a, a a pretty bad deal we have in our society that it just makes people ill equipped to deal with loss of loved ones is how faux pas or quote unquote dark it is to talk talk about death, and I think doing stuff like oh i don 't feel that way at all yeah anymore <laughs> i know and I think and I feel like people doing what you 're doing right now with this release is is mm. helping to keep a dialogue open about it because it 's it's a, it's an inevitability, you, everyone, you know, and that, that does not have to be a negative thing. I mean, of course, like, of course it's sadness, but like my wife also tries to think of her sadness as deep as it gets. Like the depths of your sadness also are a testament to how lucky you were to have loved that hard or whatever. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, that, that's a really good point.
2: Uh, and, and, and one of the things that I think that, I, that is part of like something that I've learned like in the last like year with, with all the loss that's happened to me is that, um, is that I, you know, I used to, I used to be very self-conscious about writing like sad music and I wrote sad music a lot. It's, it's something that just kind of like comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. And then I, I can't remember who it was, but I watched this interview where, and, and, and was with an artist and the artist said that like, that, that. Listening to sad music or whatever not being afraid of sad things is actually a testament to kind of like Like healthy emotions like that. You're actually like because you can listen to this like really sad thing or watch this really sad movie you can like Like that and you're okay with it. You're comfortable with like oh this made me sad and that's okay like you're not afraid of it anymore like that's absolutely like, to be embraced. And so, mm-hmm. and so since like, since that, I kind of went on this, like, I was just like, all right, I'm going to listen to the saddest music. Like <laughs> I possibly can and kind of took it too far. Like, like in that direction. You can go um, too far. But, yeah. I
0: I realized yeah. that I, I, uh, I, I don't know if I want to admit this. I mean, cause I mean, I, I'm not ashamed of it, but I know if you're, if you're, I know people who are haters are going to hate, um, but <laughs> bright, bright eyes and Connor Oberst, <laughs> Like that mm. was my that was my my shit for like yeah. ten years straight and and I can't really listen to it anymore. I think I've aged out of. I'm not sad about what he's yeah. sad about anymore, you know. Right. And but when I listen right. to it, it'll still. I it's. Like, I like to listen to a lot of stuff for nostalgic reasons, but I have a hard time with that Mm -hmm. because it actually just makes me feel, I was like, oh, I felt shitty and I listened to this and it created kind of a feedback loop. It was, I feel like it was almost like I, I kind of, I I was self-indulgent with it and just would kind of dive too deep. So there's definitely, (laughs) that's, that's some, uh, some, what's the word I'm looking for? Some kind of hairy, hairy, uh ground to traverse there. Um, but yeah, going yeah. back to what we were, you were talking about before we started recording, cause I wanted to make, mm-hmm. you know, we, you wanted to make sure not, you know, is this off limits? And I kind of wanted to have the same thing because you've had, you've had, well, you, this is what you said before we started the, the conversation and you said a lot of your creativity comes from loss. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't want to like just keep going deeper and deeper, but I, I, I truly think that the more we talk about this stuff, the more people can hear about it. If they're going through something similar, it can help them. Mm-hmm. So you sure. also had a pretty rough year outside of your mother's death. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to talk yeah, about that so at that all? Was,
2: yeah, yeah. So after in, so after I finished, you know, my album. Uh, and well and i'll just come out and say it like my wife and i had a stillborn at uh 22 weeks um back in what back in may and so you know and so my daughter died mm-hmm. um and it and which that was you know just wow it, it's it's really hard to put into words like how you know when that happened like you know it's it's, it's like, luckily I was like, so after, after mom, like I did like start seeing, like, I went to like, I called it grief counseling, but it's just therapy, Right, you know, you're just yeah. like, you're going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Like that's uh, you know, call it grief counseling if it, you know, because you know, uh, mental health can be taboo. And, well, on that know, subject,
0: but, I just want to interject that I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I see, I see a therapist regularly. And I think even if you think mm-hmm. your life is going good, that you should. I think everybody should do it. (laughs) It's, it's so useful. Yeah,
2: it is. It is. It is so useful. And so because, and so that was like, you know, part of life of a leaf is you can kind of hear my mental state get better. And that actually specifically ties to therapy when like, because, you know, one of the things that happens is you start seeing a therapist and things actually get worse for a little while and then they start to get better. And you can actually hear that at a point in the album. But so when my daughter died, I actually had like a pretty well-equipped and like set of skills to lean on. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, that being said, like, it's just like, that doesn't make it any easier. Like that set of skills is like, um, you're just, you're going to cry today. That's all you're going to do is you're just going to like beat yourself up over, you know, and and go through your what ifs or whatever. And that's what today's going to be. And then tomorrow... Hopefully it's better, but there's no guarantee that it will be better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this kind of, you know, acceptance of, you know, something big happened, you're going to have a big emotions. And and what I learned from my mom's death is is to not suppress those big emotions, because what ends up happening is they bottle up and then they, they you know, they blow up. The, like the, the lid eventually flies off. Absolutely. And, That's you know, something and then, anytime. And then all the
0: <laughs> Go ahead. I just, that's something that anytime I'm talking with, with somebody who's going through something really rough, um, something that I learned through going through my own stuff and through actually, uh, you know, reading, reading Buddhist, like Tibetan Buddhist books mm. and stuff is feel like, don't invite them in, don't indulge them, but acknowledge that pain. Like, okay, I have pain. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Don't yep. say get away pain because that just creates emotional stress and tension, acknowledging it won't make it go away, but here's the deal. It's there. So you can either say, Hey, it's there and look at it and just be like, what is this? I'm going to observe this and I'm going to, I'm going to allow myself to feel what this is. That's just, it's, it's hard to do, but it is so much more useful. So I'm really happy to hear you say that.
2: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's something that, that is still, I mean, you know, at this point, I think well, we're like four months out or whatever. It's still pretty raw. You I know, bet. it's yeah. like it's it's an ongoing, you know, it's 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 an ongoing challenge. And and the funny part was is is so that even in therapy, I never told my therapist that, you know, I was making an album or anything like that. We were just mostly kind of focused on, you know, the issues at hand. And then once we I like felt like I was like doing pretty good, I kind of offhandedly mentioned, you know, oh, like, you know, I made an album to kind of like, you know, process my grief. And he had this, and it's weird because, like, he's very reserved, you know, most of the time. But he just, like, and, you know, he, he very rarely shares his opinion or, you know, what he thinks. But mm-hmm. when he does, you can tell, like, that's when he's trying to make his point. But he, like, had this big reaction to, he's just like, that is the best possible therapy you can do. That's so like, cool. And he's never been that direct uh-huh. <laughs> about, like, any advice that he's, like, given me. But, I you know, I was like, oh, Okay, I was just kind of doing it because I wanted to, but now like if you're saying this is a part of like therapy, then like I guess I have to do it. Yeah, you got
0: validation from from the therapist. That's like the highest.
2: (laughs) Right. So logically I need to go buy a bunch of new gear, right? Because like hey, I have to do this now, right? And so like that totally happened. Like I really spent too much money after after I got the, the thumbs up from my therapist like yeah. sweetheart it's like i like he told me i have to buy all this stuff like <laughs> that totally happened um so a- a- anyways and so i I've, uh. I've actually been working on a on a like i coming up with like a concept uh for a story um that that involves my daughter and kind of going through the whole process again Mm -hmm. And this one is, is so much harder because, you know, I, my wife's my best friend. I hang out with her all the time. I talk to her about everything. She gets really sick of hearing about my album, the, you know, (laughs) welcome uh, to the club. Yeah. (laughs) And, and so, and I talk to her about the story so much and it's like such a big part of my processing. But when it comes to this story about like, you know, like our daughter, she's like, nope, we're not talking about that. Like, mm. you just, like you, I, I can't talk about this right, and and like, and it's an understood thing at this point. Like, I, I, like, I can't, I can't process with that with her at all. Which is, you know, it feels a little bit like isolating for me. But that, you know, like that's part of the story. Like, that's not like I'm not like disappointed about that. It's just like okay, like this is something.
0: Well, that's a great. You know, I have that's... to do my own. That's a, such a mm-hmm. good positive spin to put on it. And, and it sounds like a really healthy spin to put on, I mean, I'm not a therapist, I don't know, but that, mm-hmm. I, that's, that's, it sounds, cause I mean, honestly, you're, she may never be ready to, and that's, no. you know, that's up to her, no. but you are so, it's still so fresh. It's still so raw, yeah. you know, like who knows what time can do. And just, yeah, it's just, that's good to hear that you respect Like you guys, it sounds like you guys have good communication as far as about, you know what you're uh, what you are comfortable communicating about which <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, kind yeah, of she's really good at that yeah yeah she's really good at that well that's um so man that this makes me think of um if, if we're if, like processing grief through uh through art have you ever heard of mm. a band called mount erie
2: uh uh-uh. it's actually oh, just one guy I've heard the name
0: he's from microphones phil Elverum. Um, his, Uh, yeah, he made an album a few years back. Um, that was about basically his wife gave birth to their daughter. And I think Mm. seven months later she was dead from cancer Mm. and he wrote, it's, it's just like one of the most heart wrenching and it's not dressed up in poetry. It's just very matter of fact. And it's, um, it's really, really heavy stuff, but you can tell like, you know, he's, this is his way of dealing with it. And I don't know, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of beautiful. It's weird. I bought the album on vinyl and then I'm like, mm-hmm. when am I ever going to want to listen to that? <laughs> like the, the <laughs> first week that I had it, I, I listened to it because, it, you know, I wanted to wrap my head around it and it's very heavy and I, I like the songs, but it's like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's almost, it's just like, Whoa, I don't, I don't know why I brought that up. I, but uh yeah, you might, you might be interested since you since you're kind of going through something like that um
2: no i yeah and i like so one of the things that you know going kind of going through all these different types of loss you know because is people have been sharing um stories with us like of their own loss you know and like i i find that super comforting you know that that they're just that you're not alone that this isn't happening like i so I felt like I and this is something that I said many times to several people I was like I feel cursed right like yeah, like all these people have died in my life like, my, you know My mom and my daughter died with you know in like a couple months of each other and like or like in the same year And I'm just like I'm just like why is this all happened to me? Like I'm like I'm cursed right and then when other people are like, you know uh, like, uh, like we shared with uh, like a, a local like a barista here and she shared her story with us and Like, she's a really good friend of ours now, but it just, you know, you realize, like, law, like, it's, it comes back to that death is a part of life, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, no, you're not cursed. Like, this, people die. Like, that's, that's what happens.
0: So it sounds Um, like you have a, sorry, go ahead.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, and just to say that, you know, if, 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 like, you're listening to this and you want to share your story, please share it. Like, it, it, it's, I find it very, like, helpful, like, personally, like, like hearing other people's story about their loss because, you know, because it didn't just happen to us, you know, mm-hmm. it happened to you. And it happened to me. Like that's, in I like, like I, that makes me feel better, you know, like, the, like it's a part of our human
0: experience, you know, and I love that. That's nice to hear. Cause that's exactly what I was going to ask you about. Um, I was just going to say, is, is there an open invitation for people to reach out to you? So that's, so listener, if you're somebody out there is going through something, and it may, maybe not even, it may not even be close. It might not be a lot. Like, I feel like to anybody out there listening who is going through any sort of intense low right now, whether it be connected to loss of a loved one or not, you know, my, my email inbox is always open. Um, and it sounds like Hank's is too. And, um, yeah. you know, like when we were talking before you were like, is this, I know this is a, a, a podcast about modular synthesis, but I'm kind of like, well. This this kind of stuff is, is more important to me because like I said, the whole reason I wanted to start a podcast is because I felt this connection to people sharing their stories. So that's mm-hmm. that's the whole reason I wanted to start this podcast. Um well I mean other right. than to talk about nerdy shit. But this is this is yeah. You know, yeah. So I, I just can't thank you enough for you guys I mean, you just laid it all out. <laughs> like that you just it's so it's so deeply personal and and so vulnerable and uh and ultimately like it's i know this word gets thrown around a lot so it's kind of a a buzzword but it's pretty it's pretty fucking brave to to bear it all like that too in the public eye so oh thank uh, you so much that's such a high compliment thank you man i feel like that that time went by really fast and we could talk for yeah. a long time
1: we a lot hardly talked
0: about modular. Like, I didn't <laughs> talk about a single module. <laughs> okay, well, so here's the deal. I'm going to go to this this mm. website and try to generate an adjective and noun. And while and it usually okay. takes a while to give a, a good one that I feel like fits. So okay. as I sit here and hit the generate button, why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, some of the gear that you used to make this album?
2: Okay, yeah. So all the voices where the profit 08 um and then so in and then there's the Mannequin's mangrove is just everywhere i okay. I, I i probably use it a little bit too much um because I, I don't know i i love that module so much and then um guitar and then i have like a like uh some strings for like the, the that i i do for samples and that's really about it i think I use the modular actually a lot is more of like an effects box. So, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So the all-star of my box is (laughs) definitely the Sputnik modular four tap delay. I feel like that's a very underrated module. I haven't seen it in a whole lot of cases, but it's like Sputnik stuff is sought after.
0: Yeah. People dig that stuff. And I think it's, it's kind of hard to come by now.
2: Oh really? Yeah. They're not a company. I mean, I'm pretty sure I bought this on eBay. Okay. Um, But it, uh, well it's 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 so quirky when it comes to like first of all it's like it's like eighteen or twenty two or something like that like h p and oh, so it's a monster so, like you know <laughs> yeah like but it's like I make the room and my space for it because i i just so there are just so many things that you can do uh with it like putting all the different taps to like the different um stereo field and like panning them around and uh it's just and it has like this quirky weird unique sound and like it's kind of meant for you to like overdrive the inputs if you want to mm-hmm. you know and, and the distortions kind of weird it's not like a pleasing distortion but you can like run it through a filter or something and it gets a little bit better but um, so there's on uh, for my album there's a there's a song called lights mm-hmm. um, and so I actually like took one performance of like the mangrove just doing like a very simple sequence and then I like ran it through like the four tap delay. And so, you know, and that kind of made a lot of like the little lights. And then I ran it through again. And then again. <laughs> and then again. And I think I think it like ended up being maybe four times um that I ran through it. But and, you know, and it's just like each time it just really added uh Like, I don't know, like to the kind of over, it got closer to white noise, like the more, because I think I did it again. And once it was just like basically white noise, I was like, okay, let's back it off, (laughs) you know, like one performance. But anyways, that, that thing has like between that and the Corgasmatron were really all stars for like, as kind of an effects box, um, you know, just of taking like strings and putting them through that or, uh, taking, uh, the profit, I took the profit and put it through. Um, those two modules like quite a lot. I, I don't know uh, because I know in the modular, like community, a lot of people are, like, you know, making songs like in to end with the modular, but like I, some, sometimes I wish I saw more content where people were using it as an effects box and maybe I'm just not aware of it, you know? And so I think a lot to share of people do. That, like...
0: Yeah. There's a lot of hybrid okay. users out there. I'm, I, that's something that I'm, I'm striving to be, but I, I can't, I don't know what it is. I just, uh, I, I think I'm just still trying to, uh, just I, I want I don't think I'm I'm at the point, like with my technical proficiency as a modular artist yet to, mm-hmm. to stop just making I, I want to just get better with it I think is why I keep doing it because I yeah. like
2: guitar yeah I gotcha so that's your
0: that's that's what you're chasing. Mm-hmm. Um. I've gone through about forty different pairings and not one of them has been good. There this is just. It's just given me such. Yeah, hey, you play guitar, right? Yeah, that's what was my initial instrument. Yeah, yeah and
2: because I, I was, I remember I was drooling over your guitar and like on one of your Instagram posts, um, <laughs>
0: the Epiphone, it, or
2: yeah, I, well, I, it just, I, well, I mean, and I, I just play like like a Mexican telly that you know I bought when I was eighteen. So well, you know, I don't know. It just looked like it was a very revered piece of gear to you, and I think it like probably. I got the sense that it, it had a special place for you. It, uh,
0: well, so this, um, my uncle has a cl- uh, had a close friend who actually passed away, and this guy mm-hmm. was an, an insane artist. I actually have two giant pieces of his in my house right now. I'd never met him, um, but he's a close friend mm-hmm. of my uncle's, and uh, when he died, he didn't really have any next of kin at all to give all of his instruments, art, Just he had, and, and records. So my record player and speakers Mm. and why I got into Brian Eno, because the record player came with discrete music, these giant pieces of awesome art. And then this, uh, Epiphone pre Gibson acquisition, it's an Epiphone Sorrento. So it's a short scale. I think it's a 1968. Uh, yeah, it's just, I love this guitar so much. So I inherited all this stuff from this, this guy that I didn't know, which is kind of a very it's it's a weird it's a weird weird thing i don't know
2: yeah sometimes be- because of the the actual modular nature of the modular scent sometimes like i feel like it kind of loses that like that like special like having a guitar right is like this like this object that you know i feel like like represents something mm-hmm. you know and sometimes i wish there was more of that in the modular synth, but which is why i get jealous of people that have like the Buchla music easel now it's not my thing. I don't think I'm ever gonna like buy one. But there's something about like having this nice little compact thing, right? Like that that this like object that, that you know, oh, that's you know the music easel, and it's mm-hmm. like I feel like those like get treated very like specially, like you know, like a guitar. Totally, Whereas, you know. I mean, I love my mod, like, it's very, like, special to me now, but it's also, I can change out the modules and it's something completely different, you know? Yeah,
0: there's, there's, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword in that respect. I, my, my pie in the sky dream is to make, like, an album that is, you know, basically I got, I got into modular because I wanted to use it to spice things up and pepper in atmospheric and just interesting sounds. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of just fell down the rabbit hole, but ultimately I I would like (laughs) to be able to both compose on it. But I, I, my idea of the next album I want to make is I want to write simple guitar songs and put like a four, you know, four, four beat behind it and then start Mm -hmm. building around it with modular stuff. And then maybe stripping Mm -hmm. stuff in and out and just kind of see what happens if I try to, cause my writing style on modular is totally different than it is on guitar. So what happens if I try like my original writing style with this, but yep. I, again, it's a, it's like double edged sword, but also I just, I don't have uh, right now. I, I just have other stuff I want to focus on. So it's just the time right. thing, think, man.
2: Yeah. I hear you on that. It's hard to find, find time. Well, and, uh, well, and so I've been meaning to ask about your, you know, your album that you have coming out. Like what at the end of September? So that's coming up, right?
0: Yeah, we actually had to push the date back. I'm glad you you brought that up because um, I need to announce that we're pushing the date back because the uh, when you're when you're on a cassette label, you're kind of <laughs> you're at the mercy of the the cassette makers. Yeah. so it's kind of out of the label. Yeah, man. I'm
2: actually I'm I'm fighting that right now. It was supposed to be in like or four weeks ago and it's still not in
0: yeah so um and so, so i yeah the releases ahead of mine are still kind of in the queue when they should have been released because it's just kind of this whole like oh we're waiting on this so yeah album release date uh tbd right now
2: yeah <laughs> i wonder if we have the same same cassette probably i don't that, think there's a whole <laughs> lot of it, and it's just running behind <laughs> yeah well, i feel bad for emailing them being like hey where's it at yeah today? totally
0: but you know it is what it is but um but yeah i'm 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 pretty excited about it this album is is my first like fully modular thing and um it uh usually i work on albums for months and months and months and spend a lot of time mixing them this was kind of my mm-hmm. attempt at doing what we were talking about earlier this is this was my attempt at simplicity a lot of these tracks have you know one one melody that repeats the whole time Mm -hmm. and maybe three voices. And I was just like, can I make something that is engaging that is as simple as I can get? So that's kind of, that's this was this exercise. You
2: know, that's attractive to me. Yeah. Like I, I like, I like simple, you know, where there's a lot of space in between.
0: Well, so, but like I said earlier, I, I, (laughs) I'm not very good at it. So it's funny. I was just talking with somebody about it. And, uh, I was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely my most stripped down album. And then I like listen to one of the tracks and I'm like, this does not sound stripped down at all. There's a lot of shit going on.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> the first two well, tracks. Are and then what busy. will happen.
2: And then what will happen is you'll go to the other end of the spectrum and like, okay, you need a little bit more than that, uh-huh. you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's, it's kind of an exercise <laughs> to figure out where that balance is. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> all right. So I had to, I, I came to one, we don't have to go with it, but I, I I was thinking, sometimes I like to try to find a pairing that maybe pushes somebody in the opposite direction that they go. But I feel like you've <laughs> yeah. already had a pretty big uphill battle as far as creativity goes. And this, this combination website is not really giving me much. But this these are very simple, simple words. But they're actually, they, I feel like they're very... They, they pair very well with, uh, your mousy magazine stuff. And the words are just still moment.
2: Okay. I feel, oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like you could, I could do, do that. A lot with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, which will probably like, I have to watch out now for, because I might go in the other direction where I put too much right in it. Or, or yeah, you, <laughs> you can, you could go like John Cage with oh. it. And I, I just submit silence.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, one came up earlier and it said like, uh, empty tape and i was like that would be funny to give to somebody they just send me five minutes of silence
2: (laughs) (laughs) or four minutes and 22 seconds or whatever it's like well it's a cover i hope you like it
0: (laughs) sweet well uh yeah let's 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 hang up for 15 minutes all right let's use the mood from chase bliss audio with some modular synth sounds let's first just check this out There are a lot of great videos on mood out there already that really explain how it works and puts guitars through it and everything, so I advise you to check those out as well because this thing does so much. Um, It would take probably a 40 minute video to really get through everything. So right now I'm not actually feeding anything into it, this is just a loop that I captured. So let's build a loop from scratch just really quick. You got an effect side over here and then your looping side. So let's just check out the dry signal. That's nothing. So let's turn on the delay really quick. So you can hear the audio quality of the repeats isn't as high as the sound going in It's because the clock is, um, just at the halfway mark. It goes from 64K down to 2K. So if you go all the way down, you'll even hear and <laughs> It takes a while to get there. You go up to 64K. And you can turn your, your time up. So you can get a, you know, a nice high quality, clean delay sound out of it. Or you can get a pretty nasty one. But we're not here to really get into the intricacies of the delay. We are here to check out this looping side, which is crazy. Um, so there's an, a red LED light that blinks, and so it's listening while the looper's is off, which is crazy. So at, um, the time in between blinks is the time that it, it will capture whatever you send it, and then you hit the uh, the engage mode to get that loop going. So... Let's just hit a couple samples here. We'll turn her on. We can mess with the clock time. We can change the length. What's really cool is this clock knob in the middle, um, it changes in octaves, so it can be very musical. What's really cool is you can feed the loop through the, the effect side, so let's put it through some reverb. I'm messing with the time on the the reverb. And I'll just mention right now, I'm not going to get into it, but each one of the parameters on this is cv controllable. There's a dip switch, uh, a whole bay of dip switches on the top, so you can just do all sorts of different combinations and use an expression cv input. So so this time that I'm controlling manually with my hand, you could put an LFO into that if you'd like. But that's just a rabbit hole that I don't want to get down right now because I want to show you how, how much fun you can have with this. So let's turn the um, the effect off. So we still have our loop going. I like to use the delay mode with the uh, the looper mode because you can kind of you can build enough, more loops on top of the existing loop if you turn the modify button or the modify knob all the way up. It's basically repeats. So, right now I've got it set to where the the loop will go into the delay. I'm going to turn down the the regeneration just so I can show you how that works. But if you really like your your loop and you don't want it to get too crazy, we can switch this knob in the middle here to get to where just the incoming signal will go through the delay. So now if I turn on the delay, you can hear that the, the, the loop is still the same. So let's add some stuff into there. still have our original loop. So you can kind of get something really cool built up and then if you don't like it you can clear out the delay. That's what I really like about using the delay with the the looping side. So now let's do the stretch uh, parameter here on the looping side. This gets a little weird here. So let's just do a little something like this. so kind of smears out your loop which is pretty cool let's put that through the reverb that now through the slip the slip is um, a really weird mode on the uh, the effect side it's um it's a a buffer with an adjustable playback head basically I think that if you got to know this pedal well enough, you could um, pull off a whole performance with it. also be really cool for building samples, which is something that I plan on doing. Let's go back to reverb mode. Hey, beautiful the sounds you can get out of this it's pretty crazy you can go from really nasty to really beautiful and like I said there's so many so many other things to talk about as far as this metal goes but we're already almost 10 minutes in and uh, yeah. So like I said, you could do a whole... You could probably do an hour or two on this this pedal. Um, but that was it with the synthesizer and the way I like to use it lately. Um I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> You've done uh, it before in front of a live audience, yeah, so this probably wasn't right. as stressful for you.
2: Well, like, okay, so I had a, like... I, 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 I'm a big plan person and I had like a very well orchestrated plan for the live thing because that's, that's how I roll. Uh I did not have (laughs) nearly as much of a plan this time around. I I did have a, I did have a small plan. So I know I wanted to use, um, the mannequins W or or what is it called with or I know I wanted to use it as kind of like a tape delay. Uh-huh. Um, so, and that, that was basically it. That was, that was my plan for this one. So I think it was much more, um, on the fly, like challenging. So like, and what specifically was challenging is so with, with words like still moment, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, it's like, so happy accidents are kind of a double edged sword where like it's sometimes a happy accident it's like a sound sneaks through that you didn't necessarily intend like the filter got open too high or something like that right and like and it's very can be very like jarring and abrupt which is a very not still moment at all so i had to spend a good bit of time like kind of figuring out you know who was making like was open opening up the filter like too loud and was kind of creating that jarring sensation uh-huh. and so i spent you know A good, like a good couple of minutes, like figuring that like, Oh, okay. It's (laughs) like, it's going on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because the other thing is, so uh, since I was using the mannequins W uh, (laughs) this is what makes it really funny because I was using it as a, like in it's like tape delay type mode. So it was like Mm -hmm. acting as a delay. And then I had that going into the Sputnik modular delay. Any mistake that's made just like, <laughs> sticks around for, for like, for, forever. And so, like, I had to figure out how to get the wet all the way down so that way I could isolate where, um, isolate, like, who was, like, who was opening the filter too much. Mm-hmm. And then I was, like, managed to, okay, like, let's make the delay wet and let's make the reverb wet. And then I found, I got it to where it's like, okay, this, this sounds like a still moment. And I still, the one thing that I would have wanted to have done is, I couldn't get the envelope I wanted a like a pretty long attack on the envelope for the single voice mm-hmm. um which was the mangrove uh the mangrove and I didn't I couldn't get that quite working because that's that's a thing whenever the heat is on like you know you, oh you have to do this like quickly if you you run into problems like you know it it you're like it, it like somehow takes it longer to figure out what the problem is because you're like i don't have time to like you're figure right. out what's going on <laughs> you know so so this one was more challenging because because uh there's a little more of that like all right well just just uh maybe we just don't modulate that you know and just go with what we got <laughs> which is probably better
0: well so. I look forward to hearing from it it's i love hearing people's stories of of the because like yeah there's modular rarely goes as per, as planned when you're patching and when you get 15 minutes yeah. it's probably kind of stressful being like oh shit i'm using valuable time to chase down a problem rather than to create this thing so
2: <laughs> right well and and then especially with like words like still moment i felt like i was like you know, I got like two or three minutes in or something like that. And I was just like, this could be a still moment. And I was right. just like, but I got all this extra time. So I might <laughs> as well keep patching into <laughs> it, you know, and it well And, and the, then the challenge became like, you know, I guess like how much can you put into like moments that are barely there? So I like with the delays uh, with one of the delays, a Sputnik modular, I put like super long. Um, Times on that and so like Sometimes it takes like a couple of minutes For for that to show like And then I'll make it feedback right And so it's like which so it slowly like It's louder and louder and like that won't Show up for like literally minutes you know Like sometimes I'm (laughs) like okay Like that that kind of (laughs)
0: works Well man I look forward To hearing it and um, you're on your Lunch break are you getting Are you getting close to having to go back
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I actually well I was going to like so it's i told them, I told work I'd be back at two it's one forty five i will uh, I will cut about five minutes of this or whatever, and then I'll probably have to send you the audio tonight though because I need to get on my scooter
0: oh totally yeah, totally fine well, Hank, I thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and for just sharing so much personal stuff um i like I really think that a lot of people are gonna um just get a lot from this, not only from the emotional stuff, but you had some really good nuggets on, uh, just recording mixing and, and all that. So I think this is just a treasure trove of an episode and, uh, I was excited about it and it was, uh, it was for a reason and it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped to release this one.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great. It's great to, talk about, you know, what's real. And like, I'm so glad that we were able to do that. Um, And so thank you for so much for, for letting me share, for sharing and sharing yourself too. And uh, I, because I really appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. So where do people go to find all things Hank Yates slash Mousy Magazine?
2: Mousy Magazine. Uh, I am most active on Instagram. So I'm just Mousy Magazine on Instagram. And then uh, for my releases. So I'm kind of adamant, not adamant, but just like, like, don't, don't pay for my music. Like you can get it. You can totally get it for free. Like, and I think I have it up for free on my (laughs) Bandcamp. So it's like, I think it's MousyMagazine.Bandcamp.com if, if you want to download like if you want to download the album
0: well thank you hank and thank you all for listening uh don't forget to go to mousymagazine.bandcamp.com to check out the new record and he says don't pay for it i say pay for it um also you can go to podularmodcast.bandcamp.com to check out my new track that i'm calling space thunder because i couldn't think of a better name for it uh velocity's coming up check that out needham woodworks disting uh, Mark 4 version 4.13's out now and uh, check out The Mood from Chase Plus Audio. I appreciate all listening and uh, don't forget there is uh, a bonus episode I released last week that I would really love for you to check out. Um, now let's check out Still Moment from Mousy Magazine. See you next week.